All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for being with us here. We are live on Facebook. Welcome to the Marching on Radio podcast. I am your host, Juan Mendoza. On behalf of my baby, Lila Cervantes, Lila Lisa Promotions, we want to thank you guys so much for being with us here. And, of course, thank you to our sponsors, Marasul Tequila from San Antonio, Texas, the new face of tequila. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an awesome, awesome guest for you guys here on our show. She is reciting from Hollywood, California. She is a legendary actress. You can find her on such shows as uh, The Rich and the Ruthless, uh, Love Without Heirs, and Misadventures of Camp Elaine. And, of course, she's been on uh, great, great movies such as Dracula and uh, Robin Hood. So, ladies and gentlemen, we want to invite to the show Miss Elaine Ballas. Elaine, how are you doing? I'm great. And this is Miss Mika. Say hello, Mika. And Mika's <laughs> wearing some red, too. Say hi, nice. Mika. Hi. There we go. Okay. Everybody got the memo of uh, wearing red today, huh? We got we got the red memo because it's <laughs> red hot in California. It's been it's hot been over triple here. Triple digits almost all summer, and today it's even worse. Plus, now there's humidity, so it doesn't do well for hair. <laughs> yeah, it's been, hot. it's been hot down here in South Texas. Uh, it was in the triple digits for for quite a while, and. Finally got here, I think, 90 degrees, but it's it's still very humid. We're trying to fight the rain. That's awful. I recall um, when I went back east for grad school, and I got off the plane, and I'm a Cali girl all the way, and I got off the plane, and I'm sitting in front of the dorm, and I'm going, what have I done? Why am I here? <laughs> It's like, I think I'm going back. I'm going back. And then the fall came and the leaves were so beautiful. I'd never seen anything like it. It was just so amazing. Nice, nice. So I see you've been keeping busy out there with a lot of uh, interviews, a lot of events that you've been going to. Well, believe it or not, I have. <laughs> I think it's such a refreshing thing because you don't notice it as much. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, ooh, you know, you never thought you were ever going to have life again. And was that so, an to, to stop completely doing what you're doing? Um, well, I was fortunate in that I did do some work during the pandemic, and I was very fortunate for that. And now people are kind of at a place that they don't know what to do. Are we working? Are we masking? Are we doing this? Are we doing that? And so it's it's almost more difficult now because people are so uncertain about everything and they're testing you almost ad nauseum, you know? Oh, and I don't know that all the tests, you know, it's like, well, you just tested me two days ago because if you do the PCR test, you have to be tested two days in advance. And if you do the rapid test, then it's just there. Yeah, and yeah. so I said, but I was just tested. I just got my results. Well, that was two days ago. We have to test you again. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't even know that all the tests are all that accurate and it's doing no, any no. good. So I just say, God, take care of me. <laughs> so California, is, is it hard to go out to the store? Do you have to wear, wear masks or is it mandatory? Um, okay. This is the silliest thing. And of all places, they should know. Anytime you go into a medical facility, they expect you to wear a mask. Yeah. Everywhere yeah. else, no. No. So, um, and they're also finding now, I mean, the CDC came out with its rulings, I think it was August 11th, and it 
said even if you were exposed to somebody who had COVID, you didn't have to quarantine and mm -hmm. that you shouldn't be testing or doing anything unless you have symptoms. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Nobody seems to know what's going on. Well, uh, oh. out of here, it's the same thing. You know, you go out to a medical facility to a doctor, you got to you got to wear a mask or in the hospital or something. But you go out to the store and, you know, nobody wears masks anymore. So. No, I don't. And in the medical facilities, it's so silly because you can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and even if you go for like physical therapy or something, they um they expect you to wear a mask. And it's like, how am I supposed to breathe, wear a mask and do the physical therapy? I don't know. You know, it's crazy. Well, well, I'm glad everybody's doing uh, good so far. I mean, I haven't heard too much. I know there's still cases out there, and now uh, with the monkeypox, and who knows what else are going to come out with later on. But at exactly. least you're at least you're healthy, so that's a good thing. You know, it's funny um, because I just had a physical, and my doctor said, "I don't know what you're doing, and maybe you shouldn't tell me." He goes, "But you are one of the healthiest people I've ever seen." Taking <laughs> vitamins. Well, I do. I do take vitamins and um, actually, believe it or not, it was recommended to me during the whole COVID season from my doctor. And um, he said, double up on and take this and that and, you know, recommended different things. And thank God, you know, knock wood, um, I stayed healthy. So I think there's something to that. That's a good thing. Well, uh, like I said, welcome to the show. It's been, uh, I think we talked about a few weeks ago and trying to get ready for this. So I'm glad that you're here with us. Um, and I got the memo wearing red. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Got, got the memo. All right. Um, let's go ahead and get a history on you real quick. How long have you been an actress? How long have you been in the industry? My entire life, I think. I think I was born an actress. <laughs> um. And, you know, a funny story about that is I did do, I think it was a pilot and the director, it was done in the hospital that I was born in. The hospital had closed and he said, okay, which room were you born in? And I went into both rooms and the delivery rooms and honestly, one felt different from the other. So I guess that was the room I was born in and it was saying, welcome back. <laughs> we knew you'd make it. <laughs> you, huh? I just, I loved performing always. And according to my mom, it was um, from the time I was three or four years old. And, you know, you'd have these family dinners and, you know, Easter, Christmas and all of the dinners. And I would always make everyone be in a talent show, you know, and go get everyone's clothes and say here put this on put that on put the other thing on so i guess i was always a a talent and a producer you know it's like we're all gonna do something to make this evening more enjoyable <laughs> yeah, yeah. um i was looking at some of your, your early work here and of course this said uh that 1977-ish i guess somewhere around there you were in Hawaii Five-O. I was, and I was with the other Jean Simmons, the actress. Oh, okay. And she was in that episode, and what a beautiful and delightful woman. And I think now I appreciate her even more, you know, because back then you did work with stars, and now it's, somebody was saying to me yesterday, well, who are even the stars? I mean, you know A-listers, mm -hmm. and you know celebrities, but the mystique of the movie star, you know, seems yeah. to be gone. Mm -hmm. However, um, I do frequent the Hollywood Museum mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's in the old Max Factor building where Marilyn Monroe became a blonde and Lucille Ball became a redhead. I don't know if anyone became a brunette, <laughs> but redheads and blondes and um, their special rooms, you know, the coloring. So it would be just right. Like they have the blue room for the blondes and the green room for the redheads and the pink room, which I love pink um, for the brunettes. And they have brownettes, too. So I guess the brownettes are a little bit lighter because I think the shade of that room is a little bit lighter, but it was funny because I took some friends there um, 
about two or three weeks ago because they came into Hollywood and they wanted to see the museum. Mm -hmm. And I took them there. And as I was walking out, I thought, wow, this is what Hollywood was really about. This is why we all wanted to get into show business. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was glamorous. It was fun. It was exciting. And all the secrets of the makeup and everything. And I don't think there is that much anymore. I mean, nowadays, so many shows and films are on location spots. There aren't as many that I know of that are on sound stages. I mean, I understand all the sound stages are booked, but there's so many makeshift studios and sound stages and locations that it's everywhere now. Were you were you already casting for the part? Uh, did you have to go in for auditions or anything? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish we were going in for auditions now. Now they um, have become, I say, kind of lazy, and they um, just make you do the selfie, and so. Uh, I don't like it because you're getting no feedback and you're playing the director, the camera person, the lighting person. And sometimes you even have to do all the parts because you can't get someone to read with you. So I think it's so much better in the old days when they would bring people in to read for the parts. Yeah. Nice. Um, you also came out in uh, many other uh, movies here. You also linked up with uh, one of the greatest actors, directors, writers uh, ever. My favorite person Mel in the whole wide world. <laughs> and that's Mel Brooks. That's, uh, that's awesome. Mel Brooks, of course, he did uh, Blazing Saddles, Spaceballs. My uh, favorite movie. Robin Hood. My favorite movie was Blazing Saddles. And I remember just as a kid seeing it. And I saw Mel at 20th Century Fox I just knew it was he and I ran up and just stared you know to make sure that he wasn't cross-eyed like he was in the movie as Governor Lepetamine and um, then I started reciting all the lines I'm not sure why I needed to recite all the lines the movie had already been shot you know but it was fun and it's to this day my favorite movie and probably second and third are um Young Frankenstein and My Favorite Year. And My Favorite Year was a takeoff of your show of shows, which, yeah. you know, yeah. got Mel kind of really on the map. Yeah. I think mine was uh, baseball. So that was pretty much the favorite one out of all of them. And then, of course, uh, History of the World was, was another classic. Oh, that was a great one, too. Yeah. On, um, on the Bible and the history. And it was, it was funny at the same time, but. Uh, I love I love that one, and of course, um, what was the other one that I named after? Um, the Spaceballs. Dracula Dead and Loving It. Dracula was another good one too, and um, oh, Blazing Saddles, of course, that was another favorite, which really couldn't match with the time today. It just it was a different time at that at that point. But you know what? I've seen that movie, and I saw it a few years ago. And as a matter of fact, um, I think it was Turner Movie Classic okay. who ran blazing saddles and mel was in the audience which made it even more exciting yeah. and um it still holds up i mean yeah. i think maybe because everyone had seen it so many times and knew all the lines and when the lines were coming and still it's still i mean i think it's even funnier now because now the times are even more politically correct yeah. so to speak that's what i'm saying so it makes it even funnier I think if the movie were to come out in the theater or something, I think there'd be a lot of offended people at that at that movie. Um, yes yeah. and no. I think, yeah, probably for the first time they would be offended. Yeah. But he, what Mel is so good at is offending everybody. So it's not just <laughs> like one group. You yeah. know, if you're not all offended, then he didn't do his job. You yeah. know, so to speak. So I, I don't know i mean i think it's still pretty funny and yeah. i think everyone still really really laughs because i have friends of all ethnicities and they still you know absolutely love and adore that movie and 
laugh and I mean, may I present to you this Laurel and hearty handshake and, you know, there's the wreath. And um, so, I mean, there, there's something in it for everybody. And I don't think he left out any group that wasn't offended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit of everything for everyone in there. I think I have a right. good time to watch those movies though. They were, they're classic and they're, they're funny, you know, his take on, cowboys and indians and then the movie was you know star wars and and stuff like that it was just well that uh, was space balls yeah that yeah. was the first movie i was actually in of mel's and um it was so funny because mel said to me he goes because i was a professional ice skater and he actually saw me when i was i think either eight or ten one or the other mm-hmm. at a show and um it was at the beverly hilton at the at the time they had an ice rink, but I heard one of the guys who was supposed to be watching the rink fell asleep and it kind of got destroyed. So they'd never put it back in. But um, he said, okay, Lane, you're an actress today. Do not talk about skating or anything. So I said, okay, you got it, you know? And so um, of course I go into makeup and everybody knows and uh, and then I was on the set and then Mel introduces me to everybody on the set and says, oh, and you should see her skate. She is the greatest skater ever. And I said, Mel, you told me not to mention skating. Why are we talking about it? And he goes, it's my set. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I'll talk about it. You just be an actress. I said, deal. <laughs> Did you maintain the sense of humor off, off camera, off screen and everything in person? Actually, what what people are surprised to hear is that Mel is really the serious one and Anne was really the funny one. Anne Bancroft, his wife, she was the funny one and no one would expect that. You know, they would expect her to be serious because she was such a great actress. But mm-hmm. Anne could do anything. She could do drama. She could do comedy. She could do anything. I mean, she was like, to me, one of the most amazing actresses we ever had. So, now, um, but Mel is funny. There's no doubt yeah, about yeah. it. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so you've done some more TV shows. You've done some more movies since then. Uh, you also in 2019 came out with your own show called The Misadventures of Camp Elaine. Can you talk about that one? Oh, absolutely. It was an offshoot. I had been doing a show called Campy Lane, and I started it way back when they had cable access, you know, and I was just trying everything. I did sports. I did um, live shows, call-ins. I did everything. And the thing that I found to be the most fun for me, besides sports, because I love sports, uh, the most exciting thing was doing sketch comedy and doing improv. And I just loved that and creating situations. And of course, who didn't love I Love Lucy growing up, you know? And every time there was a vacation or if I were homesick from school or something, I always watched that show. And of course, you always watch the one where she was eating the chocolate, you know, Uh, the candy and um, stomping the wine. So you always remember those in the veggie vitamin one. But um, so I tried everything and I just loved it. You know, I mean, I really loved all the sketches and, and improv and all with the sketches I ever did. I never wrote them out. I just outlined them kind of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And so that made it really, really fun. So I'd actually been doing Campy Lane for quite some time, but then the misadventures, I really honed in on um, the sketches that I wanted that could be elongated to a whole series. So that was really fun. And now I have a movie, which is really exciting. It's um, launching and let's see, I've got, I don't know if you can even see this, but I will try and hold it up. Um, It's at, uh, I don't know, maybe not. Um, The other Venice Film Festival. And it is um, 
coming out that film festival is starts on the 23rd of september and if anybody's in los angeles they're welcome to come to our premiere and launch party so there's a premiere and launch party at the other venice film festival and that's on the 24th so by the 26th the film will be um distributed everywhere by screen time <laughs> so it's screen time films and they are uh, releasing the film there will be some uh vimeo releases i believe starting the 6th of september but the main launch is on the 24th so anyone in southern california or if you were thinking about coming to southern california come to the other venice film festival and you can see the um, premiere and the launch party. And then afterwards, there's a party and Rockula will be performing. And we did a video from Dracula to Rockula. <laughs> nice. For the film, Dracula's Bride of Horror. Pardon? Is this for the, the movie uh, Dracula's Bride of Horror? Yes, yes. Okay. I only do Dracula movies. Dracula Dead and Loving It. Dracula, Bride of Horror. So, yeah, this one is Tim Lee's Dracula, Bride of Horror, and it's really terrific. We don't, so do, any that, other, we don't do any other horror uh, films, just Dracula. Well, just Dracula's. <laughs> just Dracula's. Frankenstein hasn't called, you know. So, um, if Frankenstein calls, I might cheat on Dracula. You never know. <laughs> So you've been a, uh, how many Dracula movies have you done? Just, just two, just, just two. two, Dracula Dead and Loving It and Dracula Bride of Horror. So um, it's, it was fun. It's a horror film, but believe it or not, I play the comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> I did the comic relief also in um, the YouTube series. Mm -hmm. uh, I dared my best friend to ruin my life. And that was a few years ago. And that was really fun. It was like the highest rated series that YouTube did. So that was great. But I do have one funny thing to tell you. Um, during the pandemic, well, before the pandemic, I started my book, um, How to Write a Book, Campy Lane Style with Oreo. And that was my dog. He passed away a year ago. And hence, Mika is now the star. And um, so I had been telling Mel about the book and he kept saying, oh, Elaine, you're crazy. It's so funny. You know, da, 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 da. he goes, I don't understand. So Mel wrote his book during the pandemic, which is Mel Brooks, all about me. There we go. And you can see how thick his book is. It's over 500 pages. And my book is like 50 pages. So you can tell the difference in our careers, you know. But um, so he sent me an autographed copy. So I sent him an autographed copy of my book. And he calls me up and he goes, Elaine, you are crazy. He goes, but that was the most clever idea ever. And basically what it is, because um, during the pandemic, as you recall, there was so much unrest and they were rewriting history. And I said, no, 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 no. I mean, if we don't keep the history there, we're going to repeat it. You know, yeah. so I wrote my book, How to Write a Book, Campy Lane Style. And basically what it is, is for you to write a book about your history, your how you want your legacy told and how you want it presented to other people, whether it's family, friends or just in the archives somewhere. If someone finds your book and picks it up and says, wow, what did what did he think? What was his life? And so I'm your cheerleader all the way through. And uh, I'll just read you some of the chapters that um, are in my book. And it's number one is congratulations, you showed up. Now take out an implement, a pen, pencil, crayon, and start writing. So there you are. And then by the end of the book, it says... Congratulations, and you get a diploma. Wait a minute, I'm not there. And you get a diploma, and it says, Congratulations, you just completed your book. Or not. But I was there cheering you on the whole way. 
And so um, it's great. And if anybody wants to get the book, I will personally autograph it and ship it out to them. And they right. can just write to me at my P.O. box. So they have blank pages in there where they can actually write their own stuff in it? Absolutely. Right there. Oh, okay, See? cool. And so it says like the next chapter is look, look at you go. So um, what you do, um, if you need me, just call or text. And then there are the blank pages. And so you start writing your own book. And people at first laugh, but a lot of people honestly said, thank you so much. I would have never done it. And this is, it's in like a package. So you have to start writing. Nice. You start feeling guilty because you hear my voice going, Get writing, get writing. <laughs> Have they actually sent you the book back with some of the stuff in them? Like some of the no, stories? nobody has sent it back yet. And I've yeah. asked everybody. I said, I would love to see the book, you know, <laughs> once you get it done or you know, talk about it or whatever. And no one has sent it back yet. So <laughs> come on, audience, buy a book and send it back, and we'll, no, we'll they, haven't told it. Their stories. they haven't written their own stories yet. I know they're I don't know what they're waiting for. <laughs> Time is just going by way too quickly. I mean, we're almost done with 2022. Yeah. So you so, so you, so you send it to Mel Brooks and in return he sends you a big old book. No, it was the other way around. He oh, sent okay. it to me first. Oh, okay. He, he got and he he autographed it and sent it to me. And um and I thought, well, if he can send me a book, I'll send him a book. So yeah. I did. And then he called and said, Elaine, that because, but it is very clever. And that's usually what most people think because most people wouldn't sit down and actually write his or her own book. And this way you're kind of, it's a little tongue in cheek, but at least you're doing it, you know? So that's really good. Nice. Um, I wanted to talk about one of the great actors of our time that is no longer around, of course, and you were with them in that first Dracula movie. Uh, Mr. Leslie Nielsen, who was a great actor, very funny, came out on uh, all the Naked Gun movies. And who, how was it working with him? You know, it's very funny because I'm sure everyone's read about how he had the whoopee cushion and he would fart people, you know. But here's the key. He would only fart you if he liked you. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And like trusted you and knew that you wouldn't be really offended or anything like that. And so when I worked on Dracula Dead and Loving It, I kept waiting for the, you know, the fart machine to come out. And finally, I think it was either the second to the last day that I worked or maybe the last day, but it was somewhere around there. And he came over and he farted me. And so I felt really honored because he'd only do it if he really liked you and trusted you. But he was great i mean he was wonderful and that's what i mean about working with some of the greats i mean besides mel of course who's the greatest ever of yeah. all time but um when you work with people like leslie nielsen and i worked with jack klugman and um gene simmons and all the people who were really stars and you got to work with them and you would watch them and learn and be on the set and just i mean even if i weren't in a scene, I would just be there watching him because you can learn so much from watching the greats. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in live, you know, watch what they do if they make a mistake. I mean, when you watch them on the screen, it's one thing, but when you're watching them live and say there's a mistake or they think they can do something better and they want to redo it and how they'll change it. And I mean, a master class. Yeah. Do you think, do you take some of their work and implement it into your own work? Um, Mel, definitely. Mel's been a great influence. And um, the rest, I think I would just always remember maybe what they did or how they behaved on the set or something like that. But Mel is definitely the greatest influence. Yeah. Um, you did a TV series, uh, I guess it lasted about four seasons or something. Uh, the Rich, Rich and the Ruthless. That was so much fun. Um, it started before the pandemic and we actually shot the last season during the pandemic. So that was, 
it was written into the script how we all had to wear masks and you know people were in all kinds of weird things and i mean it was just you know the distancing and it was um it was such a wonderful set because it was by Victoria Rowell, who was on uh, The Young and the Restless. Mm -hmm. And I would, it was about a black soap opera and behind the scenes of a black soap opera. And I mean, half the time, especially the first year, nobody knew if you were working that day or not. Everyone just showed up because everyone just loved each other so much. And I really miss everyone. I'm still in touch with a few of the people, but, you know, people kind of get busy and move on and everything. But, oh, that was one of the most delightful experiences ever. And you can binge watch it on BET Plus. Oh, they still show it? Oh, yeah. It's all four seasons are on BET Plus. So that's great. And then I just recently did a show with um, one of the producers from um, The Rich and the Ruthless, and he's got a new series. And the funny thing about that is they say, oh, NDAs, you can't you know, talk about it until it's out there. And it's so funny because on the NDAs, they never put the title <laughs> on the show anyway. So it's like, why am I signing an NDA, you know? But um, if it makes him happy. So I can't tell you the name, not because I signed to NDA, because I don't know the name. <laughs> okay. Nobody knows it. It's working. Yeah. So as long as it's work, it's okay. And I was so grateful to be working and being on a set and with a whole bunch of, you know, like a big set. I've mm. done a lot of smaller things, you know, but um, this was a huge set. And it was great. And one of the stars was actually a guest on our show one season. So that was, it was really fun to see him. So that was nice. Nice. So besides waiting for the, the new movie to come out, the Dracula Bride of Horror, uh, what other projects do you have coming up? Well, I have um, that one that's coming out. And actually there are two other movies that I'm still waiting for release. One was already shot. And one was partially shot. Uh, one is called Dead Weight, story of my life. <laughs> and um, that one's kind of, it, that one's going to be kind of sci-fi horror. And then the other one was originally a short called Gaysism. And now it's called Here We Are. And it's about an interracial marriage in the LBGQ community. And the same, I mean, the prejudices that go on there. And I played the interfaith minister who married them. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because I never realized, you know, all the prejudices, even amongst different groups. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, you know, mainstream that you think is prejudice, the different subgroups and amongst mainstream our prejudice as well. And so it was a great learning experience and that's going to be a great movie too. Nice. And when is one of those releasing? Good question. I'm still <laughs> waiting. <laughs> like, what is it? To be determined or something? Uh, I don't know. TBD to be determined, I guess that's what we call it. Yeah, that's what it's called. But both of those are really great. And just waiting on some other projects. I'm really hoping that, um, the Misadventures of Campy Lane is going to end up on a new streaming service, which is Misfit TV. So oh, I'm waiting wow. on that. And a couple of streaming services actually were interested in it. So we'll see which one it works best with, which is the best fit for it. Nice. Um, real quick, I want to give a shout out going out to John Terlisi. John Terlisi, uh, yeah. he is the best. He's so <laughs> wonderful. He helps everybody. This yeah. man should get an award for Humanitarian of the Year because he has helped so many people and connected so many people. And I tease him and I call him my agent. I go, is this my agent? <laughs> what do you have for me today? And yeah. he's, he's introduced me to some wonderful people like you yeah. And um, a person that I think you've had on your show, Jerry Petito. Uh, and, and a couple of people we'll have her on our show. Oh, okay. Um, and so Jerry's great. And um, 
Doc G, Jimmy Dial, uh, Mike Wagner, all of them. And so they've all been wonderful people. And thank you, John. And John, I hope you're listening and watching. <laughs> so you're very appreciated. Yes. But he's been uh, wonderful. Yeah, John, I actually uh, hooked up with him because I did a, I put a post on social media. Uh, one of the artists that I had interviewed a couple years ago uh, actually reshared a, a flyer that I did, and I did an interview with the group uh, a couple years ago. And uh, so I reshared it, and I thanked everybody who actually interviewed that were legendary artists, including them. I interviewed War. I interviewed uh, Jimmy Clanton. Uh, I interviewed uh, Norman Fox from the Rob Roy's and, and stuff like that. So I guess he was connected to one of those. I think it was Norman Fox. Right. And, uh, and I get an inbox, and it was him, and he goes, have you have you ever inter interviewed uh, Norman Fox? I said, yeah, I just posted it, you know. And he starts dropping all these other names. Have you ever interviewed this person, this person, this person? I was like, I was like, no, I never had the, the opportunity to. And uh, he said, yeah, go ahead and call them up, call them up, and call them up, and call them up. So he, he dropped me a big old list. So I got them all written down already. And, of course, yours and uh, Jerry's was, I think, on the top two so far. So I'm going down the list so far. And um, he said, hey, go ahead and give him a call. You know, she's an actress. And uh, uh, Jerry, you know, she wrote a book. And she's a DJ and, uh, and all that. I was like, okay, you know, give him a call, get some interviews. So I think he turned into my PR as well. So I know he's he's the best. Don't you think he sh he deserves an award? We oh, yeah. should do an award show just for him. Somebody who works that hard just and and we don't even know each other. We never met. We've we've only talked. Me neither. About him. <laughs> oh, he helps. He helps out. And now he congratulations, really John. You know now he's got a spot on the Hamilton radio. He's actually doing his own shows as well now. So that's a that's a big plus and. They follow all the doo-wop era, you know, which is pretty cool because that's, I grew up listening to that. My dad used to listen to it all the time. I, and he still listens to it to these days. So um, I grew up li listening to the doo-wop era, you know, rock and roll, the soul, the flower power, 60s, 70s, disco and everything else. So I'm pretty familiar with it. And I was glad he inboxed me with all that. He's great. He, there's just no doubt about it. And I'm glad he's even doing his own show because... Yeah. You know, he loves music so much and I love music and I grew up with pretty much listening to all the same stuff that you're talking about. And I just, you know, I think it's I personally enjoy the music back in the day as opposed to the music now, because I can't tell one artist from another for the most part. You know? But then you could really tell the difference and. Where I went to school, Hollywood Professional School, a lot of different um, people went there, like the Cow Seals, Beach Boys, um, mm -hmm. Friendly, uh, Kathy Taylor, uh, Kathy Young. Um, so we had all kinds of music there. And we had classical people, too, who played classical piano. And so it was quite, you know, quite the school. And we, you know, we were introduced to so many different people. And so I, you know, I love music. I think it's so important. And I think it really does affect our everyday life. You know, you hear a song that you on the radio that you remember or something great was happening. You go, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> so it was really fun. You know, it makes you remember the time or it just brings new memories out of stuff. So that's why that's why we get into the industry as well too and we want to keep those memories alive and we want to bring new memories to the people so that's why we end up getting into this industry but um yeah he's uh he's a great guy i'm, I'm proud of him i'm i'm glad he actually inboxed or else we would have never talked we would have never met <laughs> no. and red wouldn't be be spreading around <laughs> <laughs> the color red well, we're, gonna, we're gonna start heading into the to the to the festival season i guess you know Halloween's first, of course, we're going to get that out of the way, and then Thanksgiving, and then Christmas, and then start all over again next year, but um, yeah, we're getting into that, to that time already, we're going to hit the, the festival season. It'll all be very festive, sometimes I feel sorry for Thanksgiving, because it gets squished, you know, yeah. I mean, right now you see everything for uh, Halloween, but probably by next week, you'll see everything for Christmas. You know, and it's like, wait a minute, can't we just enjoy yeah. one holiday at a time? You know, yeah, I think, yeah, I think by next week, they're gonna start seeing Christmas stuff. And I think slowly but surely, we've been seeing a little bit of it in the stores. And I'm like, dang, it's, it's way too early, but 
I think August was here and we started seeing all the masks come up for Halloween. So, well, you know, at first when we had to wear masks, I had so many masks from Halloween, you know, toys. And I go, here, here's my mask. They go, no, that's the wrong kind of mask. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, a mask is a mask, you know? Yeah. yeah. Actually, no, I, I like I those know. masks better. <laughs> no, I can I breathe. I got my Michael Myers one. I got my Deadpool one. So those are ready for Halloween. Oh, there you go. Deadpool. Nice. That's the one that I think is probably the biggest one. Yeah. We need to we need to get one for Mel Brooks, uh, the yogurt one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't Yoda. There was the Yoda one um that where he was yogurt, but all of them, you know, I think, yeah, that would be a funny one. I don't know if that one's out or not. No, I think but, it was, I think we somebody had to make one. Uh, yeah, and so Yogurt. that would be good. Mel, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> we want a mask. <laughs> then on, on the video, we need we need a yogurt mask or uh, yeah, what was the other Halloween. John Candy's uh, character, Barf. Barf, yeah. I mean, it's so sad that so many from that movie are deceased now. You know, from that one and. Actually, all of them. The only one, the movie that is really funny, and I watched it one day because I thought, let me just rewatch this. And that was um, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm -hmm. And that was such a fun movie to do. And I watched it, and it was like, wow, that movie really is funny. I mean, the first time you watch it, you're just looking for yourself. Where am I? Are my scenes in it? You know? <laughs> oh, I remember that scene. Oh, that's the order, you know? So, um, and the one good thing about Mel is every time he would do a movie, they'd call up and go, well, do you want to come play with us? And it's like, sure. <laughs> I'm there. Count me in, you know? Yeah. It, it was so, a good movie. They, they were going with the times, I guess. You know, of course it was based more back then but you know you start seeing all the guys rapping and and everything else and through the movie so it started i guess it kept up with the times a little bit at that point well believe it or not that was um david chappelle's first movie so mel yeah. kind of discovered david chappelle yeah i saw that it was very young at that point i didn't meet him or work with him but um Everybody else was really great, you know, on the on the movie. So um, it was fun. And then I also worked with Amy Yazbek. She was in um, Dracula, Dead and Loving It. So nice. I got to work with her twice. Nice. nice. So is there is there anything that you still haven't accomplished yet that you want to accomplish in your in your acting career? Everything. <laughs> I just want to keep working until the day I die, you know, I'll die on the set or something. I don't know, but I just want to keep doing it. I really want to do um, the misadventures of Campy Lane because what I really wanted to do with that to make it a little different is take former child stars and um, work with them and put them in different situations, you know, not necessarily like um, in the last misadventures of Campy Lane that I did. I used Rodney Allen Rippey and Johnny Whitaker. And people are like, I mean, Rodney, I think, looks pretty much the same. As a matter of fact, Rodney did some of the pictures with me um, for Campy Lane. Oh, okay. And so um, it was really fun. And I would, like, bounce stuff off of Rodney as well. And Rodney wants Mel to do Blazing Saddles, too, because Rodney played um, the baby Bart, you know, when remember when they were going around in the wagon in circles in blazing saddles. And yeah, so he that. goes, Yeah, so he goes, Well, I can do it. I could do it. I want to be Bart now. You know, baby <laughs> Bart grows up. <laughs> so, be, be interesting um, if they can do a part two in, in this day and time. If anyone could pull it off, it would be Mel. <laughs> has he been working yeah. on anything Do you know if he's been working on anything lately? um well he just did his book and he's been he did the movie um that animal movie know. the animation one something pause and he was one of the voices on that oh, okay. and 
he's just kind of taking it easy. He's 96. Mm -hmm. I did meet Norman Lear. Well, I didn't really meet him, but he was at the Hollywood Museum um, a few months ago. And he's 100. And wow. he's just as spry and bright as he was when he was doing, you know, his shows in the heyday. So I think the key is to laugh yeah. <laughs> and be comedic because that seems to keep you alive a lot longer. I mean, look at Dick Van Dyke, um, Mel Brooks, of course, uh, you know, all of these people. And so they're all doing well. Barbara Eden, I Dream of Jeannie. So, um, yeah, so there are a lot of people that are still working in their 90s. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. I yeah. hope I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been very fun. I'm glad I got to see, meet you face to face. Well, not yes. in person. Hopefully, hopefully one day we can. Maybe we'll take a trip out there to Hollywood and go visit everything. Oh, out there. please so, do. Please come very, to Hollywood. It's been a very, very long time since I've been out there. I think back in 89, 90, somewhere around there. It's been a very long time since we went out there. A lot has changed. <laughs> I bet. So it'd be nice to go out there just to check everything out again. Uh, go down to Hollywood Boulevard and check everything out. So, um, but well, yeah. the museums on Hollywood and Highland. It's actually on Highland. It was the old Max Factor building. So mm -hmm. I think it's two buildings down from Highland, and then at Hollywood and Highland now is where they have. Um, I forgot what it's called, but it used to be the Kodak, and now it's something else where they have the Oscars. Mm -hmm. and um someone told me they even do american idol there but i don't know i'm not sure <laughs> but yeah hopefully we can we know one of these years we can go out there to hollywood and go check everything out to be nice and we'll, well come we'll on to... come on out you're welcome <laughs> anytime and i'll we'll give you, you up more hollywood museum there you go there you go well, thank you so much for being a part of our show. We really oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. And Mika, you want to say goodbye? Come on, we got to hurry. <laughs> she hears that we're... Okay, say goodbye to everyone and say thank you for watching me. <laughs> she wants her camera time. Absolutely. We did a... Um, you know, everything now is TikTok and, <laughs> and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and um instagram and so uh we did a skit for somebody on instagram and so she actually stole the show <laughs> <laughs> nice it happened yes she played the star's dog nice and i was the mother so you know she was really my baby <laughs> <laughs> nice very nice but uh, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. It's a great honor to talk to you. And uh, well, thank hopefully, you. Hopefully we can get you on the show again in the future. Absolutely. And um, like I said, they can order the book at write to me, uh, Elaine Ballas, B A L L A C E. It's $40 and it's at P.O. Box 50082, Studio City, California. 91614. It'll be autographed personally to whomever they want it autographed to, and um, shipping's included. Nice. There you go. Well, thank you, Elaine. Uh, congratulations on everything. Congratulations on all your work. And, oh, uh, thank you. And thank you for having me. This was so much fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being a part of our show. And uh, we're going to be doing another interview in a couple of weeks with Miss Jerry Petito. And of course, we'll uh, tell Jerry hi. She's great. <laughs> well, and also you to John. Also to John. Okay, thank you for having me. All right, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We have Miss Elaine Ballas right here on the Master Go Radio Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. God bless you guys. Be safe, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>